This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. The treacherous part of the course is the whole course. The track has countless areas for bad things to happen. It's going to be, for sure, one of the highlights of, uh, of the postseason. In only a few short days, Charlotte Motor Speedway will add the latest chapter to its long, rich history. An elimination race on a 17-turn hybrid of a road course and an oval. Are you ready for the most anticipated race of the season? The Roval is here, and we are live there today. Welcome into NASCAR America, presented by Mobile One. Everybody, Carol Amano, Parker Kligerman, and Landon Castle. Man, do we have a packed show for you here. Let's get right to this weekend's race at Charlotte Motor Speedway. It is the third race, of course, of the round of 16. It's a cutoff race. By Sunday night, four drivers will be eliminated, and 12 will still be alive for the championship. Heading into Charlotte, three drivers have advanced to the round of 12. Those are Kyle Busch, Brad Kozlowski, and Martin Truex Jr. Kevin Harvick, as well, virtually locked in there. He just needs to start this Sunday's race to advance. So that leaves 12 drivers for eight spots. Sunday's race, one of the great unknowns in recent NASCAR history. The normal mile-and-a-half race at Charlotte has been transformed into a roval. The course now standing at 2.28 miles. Marty Steiner joins us live from the track. So, Marty, all the drivers, Kevin Harvick in particular, are saying that the treacherous part of this course <laughs> is the whole entire course. What are drivers anticipating on Sunday? Well, it's funny, Carolyn. I just got off the phone with his crew chief, Rodney Childers, a moment ago. I think you would agree the entire course is the treacherous part of the course. It looks completely different than it did even at the test a couple of weeks ago. One thing up front, Carolyn, I want to say the fans are going to have an awesome show this weekend. They're going to be on top of the action. They can see the entire road course and pit road, so that's going to be very cool. Now to the changes that we see here at the Roval. Number one, the turn one wall, which has always been a topic of controversy here since the testing. You remember William Byron kind of knocked that wall and moved it when he lost a brake line in testing that has been reinforced talk to the track about that there's a tire barrier a safer barrier and a concrete barrier they promise me there's no way that thing is going to move during the race now to the fun stuff that everybody's going to be talking about saturday and sunday the restarts here at the roval will actually be on the oval portion of the track so when you run a normal lap here you'll run through a front stretch chicane you won't do that when you restart so crew chiefs are telling me they're going to enter turn one behind me about 15 to 30 miles an hour faster than they would on a normal lap. When we heard Brad Kozlowski say a moment ago, turn one and two going to be the toughest part of this racetrack. So they're going to go there about 30 miles an hour faster than they normally would, two wide with 40 cars on the first lap of the race. The interesting thing to me, by far, pit road. The last pit stall a team can select if they win the pole for this race is pit stall number four. The timing line at the end of pit stall or in pit road ends at pit stall number two. From there is a hard left-hand turn, almost a 90-degree turn to get off of pit road 
Then you can go two and three wide, haul on the mail as fast as you want to go. Then it narrows down to one lane and a blend line, and you're blending onto the track in front of traffic that's downshifting for turn three. So that's going to be very exciting to watch. If we have green flag stops, that could be a huge story on Saturday and Sunday. Coming up later, NASCAR America, we're going to talk about PJ1. The track wanted to put it down. That sticky substance, did NASCAR allow them to do it? And also, turtles. We're going to talk about that. It's a terminology teams are using. We'll explain what it is. And then, by the way, just to throw another unknown into the mix, they're calling for rain. Thursday and Friday. Thursday, the Xfinity Series test day. And then Friday, practice for the Cup Series and Xfinity Series teams and qualifying as well. Why not? Just throw one more thing into the mix. By the way, they do have rain tires and they can practice and qualify in the rain if they need to. So, Marty, the big question is then, will any teams actually venture out into the rain to practice? <laughs> And, and Parker, you know what? That is a fantastic question. I talked to Chris Rice, the crew chief for Ryan Truex in the Xfinity Series. Remember, the only team that has been here to test of an Xfinity Series driver is Daniel Hemrick. So he told me, yeah, Ryan needs to learn the track, so we would practice in the rain. But if you look at a team like Denny Hamlin's team, Sunday it's supposed to be sunny and beautiful. It is going to be fine for the Cup Series race. So the Cup Series teams may opt to not test in the rain or practice in the rain because their race is going to be in the dry. But the Xfinity Series, they need to learn the track. All right, Marty, thank you. We'll be checking in with Marty over the next hour. There's a lot there to digest, specifically with the issues on pit road that Marty's foreshadowing. So we'll get into that in just a moment. But if you're at home and you're wondering how and where this all began, our Nate Ryan spoke with Speedway Motorsports President and CEO Marcus Smith about the idea of the Roval on the latest edition of the NASCAR and NBC podcast. Take a listen. I thought, you know, this race needs something special. We've got the NASCAR All-Star Race, then you have the Coke 600. It was really overshadowed by the other two races. Uh, my office is kind of up on the roof, and I can see everything really well, and I saw our brand-new road course in the infield, and I thought, hey, I got an idea. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we have a, a revive the old road course and uh, the Roval and, uh, and race NASCAR on the Roval? Another thing that sort of pushed me that way, listening to so many fans and drivers talk about where they wanted a road course in the playoffs. Well, this would sort of uh, kill two birds with one stone. You take out an intermediate mile and a half and you add in a road course. You know, mission accomplished. We'll have more from the pod later on the show as well. But I noticed that your ears perked up a little bit when you heard Marcus Smith talk about how this idea came into play. Yeah, no, I think it's incredible. I, I applaud SMI and Marcus Smith for being so innovative. I mean, this is what we've really begged for. It's what the fans want to see. They wanted to see change from the norm that we've seen so often. And I just love that they were able to step out on a limb a little bit and say, you know what, let's just do something different. Let's do something crazy, like a roval in the middle of an oval. And you know what? As Marty said in his report, the fans are for the first time at a road course going to be able to sit in a grandstand seat and see the entirety of the road course and that is what is going to be so awesome about this place yeah it's going to be a very stadium-like atmosphere yeah. uh, for a road course almost like a street race you know where where there's um, walls on both sides and not a lot of places to go I definitely applaud charlotte motor speedway and smi's uh, team for always being innovative they've always been on the leading edge of what to do with these racetracks so the only thing though is what Marty also mentioned there, which I, I found kind of funny, and we learned this in the sim, as you'll see later in the show, is pit road. So the way you exit pit road, as he described, is a 90-degree or more than 90-degree left-hander. And in, in the sim, the first time I pulled out of the pits, I went the wrong way, and I ended up on the track <laughs> by accident. tried to drive straight out. <laughs> but he said it. So the first pit stop is uh, pit box is four, and then uh, the speed line is two. So that's really only like 
50 feet until uh, and you, then you're, you have no pit road speed anymore. You're wide open as fast as you can go, and as soon as that wall ends, you're basically driving out onto the racetrack. And you're on the racetrack where, as Marty described, it's already a really tight spot as you come off turn one into turn two and towards turn three. We saw a lot of incidents there in practice. Right now we're on this awesome drone shot. I believe we're yeah. coming towards turn eight there. But the, the thing is with that situation is that you're going to have cars blending at high speed from the pits while other cars are trying to break and downshift all in the same place in a, in a corner that basically funnels you down into one groove. So that's going to be, I mean, if there's, if there's green flag stops, I mean, it will be amazing. Simply translated into just congestion, chaos, yes. insanity. Yep. Everything. What about what Marty was saying about the restarts happening on the oval portion of the track? How do you expect that to affect things? So I, I think this was interesting because I believe from what I can tell and what the way this came about is that if you had restarts through the chicane, like we kind of have at Sonoma, where if you're mm -hmm. in the back of the field, and I think the problem there with the chicane is the field would have been basically split right here. You'd, you'd have basically only maybe a couple rows that would be outside a chicane and trying to restart. So it, it creates an accordion effect. Exactly. Yeah. So the way that's as simple is to restart in that restart zone on the right that you're seeing right there, which is what we normally use on the oval. But in doing so, you're probably going to be able to approach the first corner faster than you would at any other well, at time on the course. Maybe 30 miles an yeah. hour faster, which the drivers are just going to have to practice that in practice. Hopefully it's not raining too much that we can get a, a, a clean shot at it. But I'm going to yeah. take a sh maybe a couple of shots at it in practice uh, if NASCAR allows us. And um, you're going to have two different braking points. Um, and for a lot of people, you're going to be using the car in front of you as sort of your braking judge. Yeah, we should tell you at home, Landon is driving in yes, this yes, weekend. In case you this. weren't aware, he's been using NASCAR America the last couple of days. And you guys mentioned you got into the simulator today um, to prepare in any way if you can. But with innovation comes anticipation. It comes a sense of excitement. And I think the pieces that I'm trying to put together is that this is kind of a, a perfect hybrid of a lot of different road course elements that we see at places like Watkins Glen and Sonoma, but completely unique to to, to this. Yeah, I mean, hybrid is a is a good way to describe it because this isn't just a new road course. Uh, this is a road course that half of the racetrack has uh, almost 30 degrees of banking in it, and we don't <laughs> see that in any road course anywhere in the world. So the teams are having an extra challenge on how to set these cars up to accommodate the high loads through the banked part, but then the slow section through the infield. And, and then with having kind of walls on both sides and narrow sections, like I said, reminds you of a street course. Um, it, it's, it's definitely a manufactured sort of racetrack here with this stadium feel where the fans are really going to be on top of the facility. I, you know what? I'm getting excited Wait, about yeah, this. Yeah. I, this I, I just so great. I got to put it out there. I love it. I think it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Parker already I loves it. I think it's so cool. Hasn't we seen got, a lap of cars on <laughs> yeah, track yet. When we got in the sim, when we got to drive the sim, I just couldn't <laughs> believe how fun and exciting, how unique it was. I was like, this is so cool that we're doing this. I just love it. Yeah. We worked really, really hard, by the way, to get these guys in the simulator yes. because it wasn't easy to bring up something that a lot of people haven't seen before, right? iRacing worked tirelessly yep. through the night. We think yep. Greg Hill and, and Steve Myers and everyone over there, Tony Gardner at iRacing, they worked tirelessly late in the last night to get this ready for us. Yeah, so really we awesome. have that for you coming up in the show, and we're going back to Marty Snyder. We're at the Roval. That is what this entire show is about. Coming up, though, we are going to turn on the scanner so that you can listen to what was said during a great night of playoff racing at the Action Track. We have Scan All Richmond and so much more straight ahead on NASCAR America. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles.
Welcome back, everyone. So we know that you'll be with us on Sunday afternoon for the cup race on the Charlotte Roval. Coverage on NBC gets underway at 1 p.m. Eastern. But there is so much more to watch. Our coverage of the Ryder Cup from Paris begins Friday morning on Golf Channel. It continues all weekend long over on NBC. Tiger Woods coming off his first win in five years. On Saturday afternoon, huge matchup in the Premier League. Chelsea hosts Liverpool. Both teams undefeated through five games. Our coverage will be hosted from a fan fest in Washington, D.C. It's the first one of the season for us, so we're looking forward to that. Saturday night, a top-ten matchup in college football. Number seven, Stanford, off its miracle win over Oregon, taking on eighth-ranked Notre Dame, 7.30 Eastern over on NBC. And then, of course, Sunday night means it's football night. Ray Ravens and Steelers, one of the fiercest rivalries in the NFL. Football night at 7 Eastern, kickoff at 8.20 on NBC. A jam-packed weekend. Plenty to look forward to on NBC and NBCSN. But first, we take one last look back at race number two of the Monster Energy Cup playoffs. Let's scan all Richmond. Second race of the first round of the playoffs. Now we're at a three-quarter mile short track under the lights. We know it's going to be exciting. Fans on their feet, racing at Richmond, short track style. The separation of three and four is just absolutely horrendous. That's where we're going to get beat tonight. Haven't even got a chance to adjust on it yet, buddy. Thought she'd be in the bottom of the net. I'm just talking, man. I'm just talking. Thinking we're the greatest, uh, somebody shoving up my whatever. Just telling you. The pace is worse this run, isn't it? Yes, it is. You want to go back on the adjustment? You got the laptops. On tires in front of you and let him bulldoze his way. Oh! Contact with the 11! Still green here, still green. Keep rolling. Keep rolling. We're still green. I need the pit wheel. We got a penalty. We got to stop and go here. Got to cover the pit road. For what? I believe something was on the checklist. Inexcusable. Absolutely inexcusable. They have almost gone 200 laps with no incident. Absolutely. Really plowing the center. And Martrex Jr. will sweep the stages. Austin Dillon having a solid night. Got a, got a stage point here. Now, boys, I'm talking about a way to step up. Oh, no. That can't just sit there. That's an uncontrolled tire. Sorry, you got a penalty. Has to start back in the field with a dominant car. I mean, he was outstanding. All right, man, long way to go here. Had a good point tonight already. We'll make the most of it. Do my best, bud. Guess who's coming through the field? Kyle Busch. Not bad. Just needs grip. Still 130 to go. Everybody will stop one more time from here. Now they got for a commitment line violation. No way. I was all the way in the apron. I, got, I was on an apron. And yeah, there's the caution. Jeffrey Earnhardt. Total two right there. He did that on purpose, too. He did it on purpose. He had a black flag at the line, just so you know. So, Six just wrecked him, so he didn't have the pit under green. And we didn't need that. Matt just got in the left rear quarter panel of the 96. Oh, my bad. Drug up the splitter and hit him. My bad. No, I'm sorry about that. He come down and apologized, but I, I still call it, you know, as I saw it there. Yeah, that's wrong. Turn the fever. All right, that didn't work out at all. Go off the wave here. Rains and pours. The battle for the lead. Kyle Bush down low. Keselowski up high. Kyle takes the lead on the back straight away. Good. See your mark leave them. 35 to go. Need every point we get, brother. Hey, right, go on radio. Man, I don't care if you got to move it. We got to pass. I'm serious. One to go. 
go by seven. Take your marks here, nothing special. Kyle Busch is going to sweep the Richmond races. Hell yeah. Richmond sweep, boys. That's the way you do it right there. Appreciate a great car. That is the first one, two, three finish for the big three. Good job, guys. Solid night. Moving on. Mission accomplished. I don't know if we could run with them if we attack this or not, but good adjustment. And Stanley could have cleared away and we had the best car. Kyle Busch locking himself into the second round of the playoffs. Being able to start dead last, come up through the field and win this thing. That's right, Rowdy Nation. All for you, baby. what stuck out for you guys. I'm kind of fascinated by the ebbs and flows of Kyle Busch's radio communication throughout the night. Praise at the end, some frustration in the beginning, and then also Eric Jones clearly frustrated calling some mistakes on pit road inexcusable. You really got a sense that he was having a rough time. Well, you can't expect to, you know, go up against the competition level that you have in the playoffs, make a mistake like that, lose, you know, as much time as they did, get sent to the back and hope to recover, especially when they entered that race on the back foot from what happened at Las Vegas. But also, I got a question for you, Landon. What what does it mean, as Kyle Busch put it, when he said it just needs grip? How do you fix that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> how, how, do you just, how do you put more grip in the car? I wonder, is there a grip screw somewhere in there? Or, that, that, or? Is, that is kind of a, a hard thing to uh, – that's a hard bit, a bit of feedback to give your crew chief. But sometimes the balance is where it needs to be. It just needs more grip on uh, front and rear. And a lot of times that's an air pressure adjustment. You know, just taking dropping air out of both left side tires is good for just grip or both right side <laughs> tires is good for just grip because you just grip the car up without changing the balance. Yeah, you know, that's where I've gone wrong this whole time. Yeah. I just need but to you just can't go too far. You, just, you let all the air out of the tires. <laughs> and, and then, then there's no grip. Yeah, then there's no grip. Is so, okay. anything else learned, stand out to you guys that we heard from Clint Boyer and a number of I, other drivers? I was really surprised to see what happened between the 6 and the 96 car. <laughs> I didn't realize that Matt had a black flag and potentially hmm. maybe spun out the 96 car on purpose. I don't like that. That's a bad move. Mm. I'm, I'm disappointed you in you, Matt. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. very disappointed Catch in you, Matt. Think. Okay. That's yeah. an interesting I think, one. I think Jeffrey Ozum won there for sure. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. Um, all right, well, we'll leave it there. It was a yeah. great race last weekend, but there's still so much to expect at the Roval. This weekend's action is, I guess you would describe it as a journey into the unknown. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we'll have more well, of Nate Ryan's. Yeah, well, we know some things. Uh, more of Nate Ryan's conversation with Mark and Smith ahead, and more from Marty Snyder, who is live from Charlotte Motor Speedway when we come back. Welcome back, everybody. NASCAR christening the Roval at Charlotte Motor Speedway this weekend. But what challenges await the drivers? That is something that Nate Ryan discussed with Speedway Motorsports president and CEO Marcus Smith on the NASCAR and NBC podcast. I did not set out to have a, a treacherous road course. What I set out to do is do something different and amazing. The intention of the Roval is that it is a world-class road course. Challenging? Yes, it is absolutely challenging. We're going to see these world-class championship drivers on this very difficult, challenging, and demanding road course that it was brand new, and I think the fact that it's brand new really adds a lot of complexity. Just getting used to your braking marks, where you accelerate, the right lines for the turns. There's so many unknowns. You know, we'll see the greatest drivers in the world, the greatest teams in the world get pushed to the nth degree. And as a fan, I'm super excited to see that unfold. 
And Nate Ryan joins us now from NBC Charlotte and our newly revamped studio, by the way, which looks great behind you, Nate. Um, SMI owns and manages a lot of racing facilities. It includes Charlotte Motor Speedway. You had a very in-depth conversation with Marcus Smith about the ideology and genesis of all of this. What part of this conversation on the podcast resonated with you the most? I think, Carolyn, that this race was such a long time coming. I mean, literally two years in the making from when Marcus Smith first had the idea of let's have our cup race in the fall on the road course at Charlotte Motor Speedway. The first test there was 20 months ago, and Marcus wanted to have this race on the schedule last year, but because of a lot of resistance, as he put it, from drivers and teams and manufacturers, it got pushed back to this year. And the origins of this race actually date back even further than that. They go back 30 years ago when Marcus Smith as a child used to watch road course racing with sports cars, Porsches, Corvettes, and Jaguars on this almost identical layout. It's 90% of the layout that used to run with sports cars at Charlotte Motor Speedway in the 1980s. So Marcus's idea, as you heard him just say on, that, on the podcast, was they wanted to invest millions of dollars, which they did, to bring this up to world-class standards. And they understood when they did that, the byproduct would be world-class means extremely challenging. It's going to be very difficult for teams and drivers, I think, to get a handle on acceleration points and braking zones and the lines around the Roval, as you're taking a look at here, uh, a lap through the course. And um, Marcus really thinks that's going to be the appeal of this race, Carolyn, is that get, having drivers and teams get acclimated to it is really going to be interesting to watch. Kind of fascinating to hear that childhood dreams coming to fruition. <laughs> I'm sure there's more on the NASCAR and NBC podcast um, that is out, so everybody can go ahead and take a listen to that if they want a full preview of what to expect this weekend. Meantime, Nate, we do have to ask you about a very busy couple of weeks in NASCAR silly season. It's been a very busy couple of months. Let's start with the news, though, this afternoon that involves A.J. Allmendinger. What can you tell us there? Right. So he's been released from his contract, Carolyn. Uh, this was the third year, what was expected to be a five-year deal with JTG Doherty Racing. Uh, A.J. Allmendinger will be out at the end of this season. I'm told the team expects to have his announcement, uh, his replacement named in a Friday morning announcement at the track, and multiple reports have put Ryan Priest at the top of the team's list. There have been reports as well involving Daniel Hemrick, Nate, and the 31 car after the news, of course, that this is going to be Ryan Newman's last season with Richard Childress Racing. Any update on that? A, a small update there, Carolyn. We can take Ty Dillon's name off the list. He said yesterday at a test at Kansas Speedway that he will not be joining his brother, uh, Austin, at Richard Childress Racing next season. He's going to remain at Jermaine Racing in number 13. So that would seem to narrow the list of candidates for the number 31 Chevrolet to Daniel Hemrick, who currently races for RCR in the Xfinity Series, and Daniel Suarez. And I think it's going to come down to sponsorship. So is that where we stand with the latest on Suarez's future then at this point? Because I know with everything that happened with Martin Truex Jr., there was immediately so much speculation about what that is going to mean for Daniel Suarez. Is that all we know at this point? That is all we know, Carolyn. And uh, I did check in with Joe Gibbs Racing today. We haven't heard what that team's 2019 lineup is going to be yet. I was told today there won't, isn't expected to be any news this week. But Daniel Suarez is expected to be moving on from that team. And again, I think sponsorship will determine his path, his course in the future. I think either Richard Childress Racing or the number 41 uh, at Stuart Haas Racing would be the most likely landing spots. Let's end, Nate, with how Elliott Sadler's retirement impacted things. Junior Motorsports making a move to fill his seat in the one car. 
Yeah, uh, so today Junior Motorsports announced, Carolyn, that Noah Gregson will be moving into the one car of Elliott Sadler, uh, sponsorship and crew chief to be named later. So that firms up three of the four cars at Junior Motorsports for next year. We already knew Michael Lynette and Justin Allgaier will remain in rides with that team. And Tyler Reddick, who drives the number nine car for Junior Motorsports, is hoping to come back. The team hasn't confirmed that yet. So one slot left to go there with that four-car team in the Xfinity Series. All right, Nate Ryan, a very busy man in Charlotte. <laughs> We'll let you get back to work tracking everything. We appreciate being with us and sharing the pot with us as well. Great episode this week. Thanks, Carol. Appreciate it. Let's stay in Charlotte, though. Uh, let's get back to the track and check in with Marty Snyder. Marty, where have you moved to now? Well, Carolyn, I'm on the exit of turn six, sort of the highest point at the Roval. So when we showed you the exit of Pitt Road a moment ago, that's three and four, kind of behind us. And they go down a short chute, a hard right-hand corner, actually sort of a lazy right-hand corner, I should say, five, and then the exit of six. Now, Charlotte Motor Speedway officials, they wanted to put down PJ1 in both three and four and in five and six. We saw so many teams in testing have trouble right here. We saw Ryan Blaney, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr. all spin out in this part of the racetrack. So what they did is they went and asked NASCAR. NASCAR then turned to the Drivers' Council. The Drivers' Council actually said no to that. So what you'll notice here on the exit of six, what they did instead is they ran the tire dragon through three and four and five and six as well. And you can see they ran it for the entire width of the racetrack. They ran it for three days, got a lot of rubber in here. They feel like this part of the racetrack will be a lot less slick than it was in testing because we saw a lot of issues here over those couple of tests that we had here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Now, one thing you'll notice, and, and Landon made a point of this earlier and Steve LaTarte and I were talking about this on the phone earlier as well you'll notice between five and six there's walls on both sides of the racetrack this truly could be NASCAR's first ever quote-unquote street race you think of an IndyCar street race at like Long Beach or Detroit or Toronto this is really what this has become for NASCAR because there is no room to make a mistake here at the Roval there's walls pretty much everywhere on the oval part of the racetrack you really just have the apron to deal with but everywhere else you'll either hit a tire barrier or a wall if you get in trouble. In fact, there's only one spot on the entire racetrack where there is green grass and an exit plan. It's off of turn six right where we are, but by the time you get to turn seven right over there, all of that is gone. So there's very little room to make a mistake here at the Roval. Coming up, Carolyn, we're going to talk about turtles and chicanes. I know you can't wait. <laughs> Phenomenal well, information from Marty Snyder today. Wait, Marty, before you go, I, I have a question for you, though. I, I noticed yeah. where you're standing there. It's painted, and I know from my experience in road course racing that if it rains, you avoid the curbs and anywhere that's painted. So now where you're standing, yep. if it is actually going to rain this weekend, is that actual paint where it's going to become basically super slick? In theory, they put down a granular paint. Parker, very good question. And so this does wash off with pressure washing. So this is all, every paint Every paint you see here at Charlotte Motor Speedway this weekend is temporary paint. But in theory, it should have a little more grip than normal paint, but a great question. I'm sure no matter what, if it's wet, drivers are going to avoid this part right here <laughs> yeah. and the grass right here as well. <laughs> Marty, I got a question for you, and this is for my help because I need uh, some, some training here for the upcoming race. <laughs> that corner, exit is six there, I know you got to keep it tight to the wall. It looks like you're standing on an, kind of an off-camber bank, and, and I know that that's the most um, it, it, elevation change. Can you give me an idea of the elevation change there? 
It is a little bit, Landon. I mean, it goes way downhill, so you'll be coming uphill when you go into six here, and then downhill you kind of dip into seven before you go back on the oval. So this is where you'll probably feel the lightest kind of coming up this hill and then going back down the hill into seven. It's going to be a lot of fun. I promise you're going to have fun, but I will tell you this, Landon. <laughs> keep it on this stuff. This stuff over here, this is pavement. Stay right here. <laughs> don't go there. Yep, yep. You know what, Landon? Here. <laughs> Marty, thank you. Um, here, take some paper. Here's the yep, pen. Yep. Nope. Just write, yeah, nope. just write a bunch of stuff. I'm going to keep so the tires down and the roof number up, ready. too. That's, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, we are going to check in with Marty one more time before the drivers race it for real this weekend, including Landon, who's getting ready as we speak. These two are going to face off in the sim to see who is the fastest on NASCAR's newest second. course. Check out what Landon did during one of his practice laps. the shiny side up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, this is not looking good. He hit those turtles. <laughs> Well, for four title contenders, the race to Miami is going to end right here. The all-new Charlotte Roval making the first cuts in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. Sunday, 2 Eastern on NBC is where you need to be, but our coverage starts with Countdown to Green at 1 Eastern, so make sure you're there at that time. So much work has gone into preparing the Roval at Charlotte Motor Speedway, and as you can tell from Marty's reports, it looks phenomenal. More than 5,000 gallons of paint were used to repaint the walls in that patriotic red, white, and blue theme. Over 100,000 thousand square feet of field turf installed on the front stretch but what about the competition on the track itself earlier today Parker and Landon became the first people to race on the Roval in the iRacing sim right Carolyn and a big thank you to everyone at iRacing specifically Greg Hill who worked tirelessly through the night to make sure this was ready for us it's such an honor for Landon and I to be driving on the Roval and be the first guys outside their office to do it Landon here's what we're going to do a hot lap competition. You versus me. You get one lap here to set a time. Whoever has the fastest time wins this competition. What better way to learn a track than under the heat of competition? So right now we're coming through into turn 15. Then it's going to be turn 16, and you're going to start this lap. Good luck, bud. Yeah, Parker, this is my actual training here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Green flag. Up to second gear. Oh, really wide entry here. We saw a lot of people struggle into this corner. I need to focus on my lap. Yeah, this is tricky. Here, I'll, I'll do some of the talking for you. This is down through turn two into turn three. We saw Blaney spin out here. I believe we saw Alex Bowman spin out. Big, wide entry into the... Wow. Well done there. We've been practicing that. Yeah, we have been practicing that arc, and I'm going to try it again. I'm going to try to replicate it again here. This is a kind of a blind corner. Really late apex. I'm gonna keep it tight to the wall. Yep. And then you just kind of like play through the play with the throttle through this oh. section. So I got a little bit loose. Yep. Close to the wall here, and then point it right tight to that wall, and get as much drive off up this banking here as I can. So that was turn eight into nine. We're coming towards this turn is NASCAR ten. one and two, right? Or NASCAR one and two, right? And now we head into the fastest chicane. Oh, we get a little loose a little there. Loose fourth. Off too. 170 miles Third an hour. Gear. Oh. Nicely done. Wow. That's one of those ones that you just pucker up every time. Yeah, pretty much. And I'm kind of playing with the throttle. Can't hold it wide open here. Coming up almost like all-star qualifying. Oh. Second gear. Don't overcook it. No! Yeah! Oh my gosh, so I can't believe it. Oh. I made it all the way to the last corner. We'll see what the time is. That might be better than mine. Oh, man. You actually completed a lap. And I finished it. And that is a 126.28. Yeah, well, well done. 
<laughs> Survival is going to be key this weekend at the Roval. <laughs> Especially right. for me. That's my training for this race. All right, it's my turn. Okay. All right, Landon, I'm coming to the green for my lap here into the final chicane, down to first gear. I think I can still see my skid marks from my lap. <laughs> there they, there are. they are. They go right. right to the wall. So my, my goal here is easy to beat you. I just have to literally finish the lap, but easier said than done around the Roval. This place is incredibly tricky. Come on. Looks like you're going through a tunnel right here. Need oh. to keep it a little bit tighter oh. left. <laughs> it just slides and just does things, and there's it's so tight. There's so many undulations that it's hard to, to really place the car where you want to. I think if you sit on the pole for this race, whoever does that is going to say, you know what, I could never do that lap the same again. Hey, you know, that's what it feel, felt like when we were practicing here. <laughs> oh, I'm a little wide there. This is not it's easy to run out of racetrack on that side, and there's this is the biggest kind of elevation change for the racetrack that we've seen as well, other than driving up onto the banking on a NASCAR one. Yeah, and it's obviously that's our turn eight. Now we're back on the NASCAR one. We're gonna come through NASCAR two. We think there's speed by staying low down here, but the car could kind of get loose off when you go to fourth gear. Yeah, right there, just kind of trapped out. There's a four sign right here. That's your lift point. Oh, grab third. I went deep. I went deep. Oh. And he survived it. <laughs> okay, so now you just got to make it through the final chicane, and I and I win this. But this is another thing. This is a corner I thought would have been easy flat. You're not. Yeah, you can't say easy flat there. Down to second. First gear. Down to first. And as long as I don't spin it out through here, I'm gonna win this competition. He is the winner. Hey, in a 17.9. That's What's, not bad. No, it's a couple tenths off our fastest lap that we did earlier today. But you know what? We learned here. This place is incredibly tough. Now, <laughs> now get up, because I got more training to do for, for this weekend's race. Exactly. So we've got five minutes here, Landon. Let's really get into who won this uh, thing. Uh, I'm just kidding. Wait, 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 wait. I just want to say, I'm offering my coaching services this morning. Oh, okay, yes. Oh, okay. All right, got I that knew, out of the way. I knew that was going to happen. All right. In what all, you learn? Yeah, in all seriousness. Thank you. Oh, I yeah. just want to know. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. What, you, what you learn? You guys are interested in what I'm going to yeah, use yeah, to move yeah. forward for this weekend? I'm, I'm actually interested in how much of this whole entire week has been applicable for what you're going to do this weekend. We've spent a lot of time analyzing this course on NASCAR America. Yeah, thanks to NASCAR America. I'm more prepared for the, Are you for the race win this, this weekend. Thing or what? You have the most unique really preparation so. of yeah. anyone. I really hope so. One thing I, I we repeatedly learned because on iRacing you can check your uh, lap times. It'll tell you through the sections if you're faster than than the previous run. And the later I could apex through turn six and turn eight uh, really helped me out with just making the straight straightaways longer. So holding it out as long as you can out here on the left side where the curb or where the where the paint is, even getting the left side tires out in the paint and then turning it down and keeping it tight to that wall was worth a lot of speed. Yeah, it was a huge amount. We saw a ton of different spots. Turns three and four, you found a lot of speed there in the sim compared to myself when we were practicing and such. We learned, and then through right here, right? here, that wall, yeah, in turn eight, keeping it really tight to the wall on the left side. And uh, I, I'm, I'm one unknown for me, as you saw in my sim, in my lap, that I messed up and, and <laughs> wrecked and hit the wall. I am a little unknown in how the braking is going to feel coming off of NASCAR turn four into the chicane yep. before the start finish line. It's kind of a downhill braking, and I'm not sure how the wheel hop is going to be and what the car is going to drive like there. 
So I think, and it, it, we felt that though. We felt the wheel hop yeah. as you came off the banking, and the car kind of goes through so many undulations and gets all light and everything. I mean, that's really a spot that to me is going to be really interesting, and maybe one of the few passing zones. Yeah, it is a first gear corner too. Exactly, so you're going to be coming out out of that chicane uh, in first gear with a lot of acceleration. Out breaking someone there, you'd have to be very brave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, take a lot of <laughs> and courage. There's a lot of brave drivers on that track over yep. the weekend. Uh, we are going to continue to preview uh, the track. Parker is also going to give us his take on a trending topic on social media right now should daytona host a nascar road course race in the future don't say anything right now I'm just not. think Silence. just marinate on it parker's thoughts are next That Rollville cutoff race, it's going to be gut-wrenching. It's going to be tough. I think the whole track is treacherous. It's just that wild card race. It's really easy to, to step over the line and, and you know, crash. Not only in traffic, but by yourself. There's going to be some guys get taken out of that one pretty quick. It's going to be crazy. I think everybody's scared to death of that place. This race we're going to see next week is such an unknown. It is more terrifying to these drivers than Talladega. They don't know what's going to happen. You would definitely be nervous. Um, not knowing what the race is going to bring, how people are going to handle it, how people are going to race. What's going to happen when we go out there all together? What's going to happen when we have a restart? You know, what's it going to be like? I have so many questions, so it's uh, it's going to be interesting. You're going to go to a place you've never been to, a place where we've seen all these wrecks in practice, and you have to attack the racetrack. I'm, I'm terrified of next week, uh, to tell you the truth. I mean, if Kevin Harvick says that he's scared, if he's worried, the rest of these guys are really going to be nervous. The most concerning part to me at the Roval is going to be turn one and two. It's very narrow, very easy to make contact. The most challenging part of the track, though, is, is for me the inner loop for sure. There's a lot of risk uh, to go really quickly through there, but there's also a lot of reward. I feel really bad for the guys that are going to go in there and have to do something. There'll be two people very comfortable heading into that race. They're locked into the next round. <laughs> Any driver not locked in going to the Roval should be very, very concerned. All right, so that is what some of NASCAR's best had to say on what to expect this weekend at the Roval. We know that Kyle Busch, Brad Keselowski, Martin Truex Jr. are locked, have nothing to worry about, while Kevin Harvick is a virtual lock as well in great shape. As for the rest of the playoff drivers, their title hopes coming down to whether or not they can figure this thing out. Fans are also figuring out how they feel about the Roval and the potential for road courses and other big tracks as we make a social pit stop now. So much buzz around this weekend's race at the Roval that Daytona International Speedway posed this to fans on Instagram. Do you guys want to see a road course at Daytona? And then this prompted Reddit to start a conversation. There are a bunch of comments here on this. Yeah, so what say the young social drivers? Well, Landon and I are big fans of Reddit, and specifically our NASCAR, which is the Reddit for NASCAR. It's got over 150,000 subscribers. I find myself so on there. to find a good conversation. Yeah, we find it all the time. I'm on there all the time, basically daily. So we picked out one of the best, most the hottest conversations, as they say, on Reddit. It had 347 comments. This is a good today. one from Cowboy Josh. And these are some of the best comments on this. He, wants, like a, he wants this uh, like an IMSA race. Uh, yeah. Three series so we're going to put Truck Series, Xfinity, and Cup all at the same time. Probably not going to work, Cowboy Jess. Sorry. <laughs> not not, not going to have that you one. You know what? The, the theme of the day is innovate. Let's yeah. try it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I love this one by Limit Broken. He said, this is an idea so singly beautiful that if I won the lottery, I'd have to figure out how much it would cost to convince NASCAR to run it as an exhibition race. We picked that comment because of just the, the, the construction of, yes. the, of the message. It was great vocabulary. What incredible writing there. <laughs> I love that one. And I then, think if he won the lottery, 
he would probably start a race them anyway. So. <laughs> and then this is the one I want to get going here, and I'm not exactly sure how to say his name there, but it's only if it meant Ghost getting Nates a... Is what oh, okay. Ghost Nates. Nates. There we go. Yeah. Well done. So we went to third day. Yeah. So my point on this is we don't need to lose any plate races, and I think this is where I want to go with this, is that I believe this is a terrible idea because the one thing in our sport that doesn't need any changing or within NASCAR, I think, in the track side is our plate races because those are what makes NASCAR unique. Mm -hmm. That is the only place in the world you're going to see that form of racing. And I four go, wide. Yeah, you're going to see cars four deep. wide, yep. 40 cars in a pack, on a, you know, that high of banking over 500 miles. And I think, you know, when you talk to people about NASCAR throughout the world and, and even specifically Fernando Alonso, who's been entertaining, maybe doing a NASCAR race, he mentions Daytona and Talladega because it's so unique, it's so different. He does not mention going on the road course and running the 24 hours that he's done that, but he doesn't mention NASCAR cars running on the road course in Daytona. He thinks about the banking and running in a big pack. That's why we do not need to change that. What what uh, SMI did with the Roval at Charlotte was great and innovative because the October Charlotte race wasn't really unique in any way. It didn't have a selling point. It wasn't great racing. There's no reason to touch the plate racing. So Parker's not a big fan of racing no. the Do Daytona road course, but what if we just had an exhibition race and we did run all three series on the same track? That would be kind of cool. I kind of agree with Parker on this. My truck series like team probably would be a little, unfortunately, <laughs> unable to afford competing against the company. <laughs> but isn't it all about, we always have this conversation, Parker, about the business of NASCAR and is NASCAR sport. I mean, isn't the business side of this all about making something unique, making something special, having it be an attraction, having it be this street-style thing that fans can see from the grandstands? Exactly, and I think we need to continue to keep ourselves doing things that are, are, for, that are very unique to NASCAR, right? So plate racing is unique to NASCAR. The Roval is now unique to NASCAR. Right. Going to short tracks is unique to NASCAR. Having a mile and a half, having a diverse schedule is what we do so well. So I don't see any reason to mess with the plate races. Well, maybe and not we only Daytona. Go four times. Maybe not Daytona, but there's definitely plenty of tracks we could look at. Yeah. Dover offered something um, on social as well. Do we have that? They sent <laughs> yeah. out. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, here's the. I don't know how serious one. this was, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, part concrete, part gravel. This is the Counter rally cross race course uh, yeah. idea. I, I like the uh, just the quick entry and exit onto the gravel <laughs> part of the horse track. Yeah. <laughs> um, NBC has said iRacing. We know we asked a lot of you, but can you go ahead and uh, make this into something that we can throw in this in <laughs> yeah, for please. these two guys? Uh, no, no, we're kidding. Don't do that. We're kidding. The Roval Special, we haven't even seen what it can do yet. Let's just leave it there for now. But we are going to head back to Marty Snyder at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Uh, he's going to highlight the other storylines about this weekend's race. So plenty more ahead on the Roval as we head for a huge weekend here on NASCAR America. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Listen, we can't kid ourselves. It's only Tuesday here, but the anticipation for this weekend is already building. It has been for quite some time, weeks, maybe months. Let's head back to Charlotte and Marty Snyder. Marty. Carolyn, we have found our way to the backstretch, and this is going to be what Parker tells me is one of the most difficult parts of the racetrack. This is the backstretch chicane. So you're going to hit this at about 150 miles an hour. Now, there's also one on the front stretch as well, and this isn't like the chicane that you see at Watkins Glen that everybody calls the bus stop. NASCAR told me today, if you miss this chicane or the front stretch chicane, if you're a driver, it's an automatic drive-through penalty on pit road. If you miss it on the last lap of the race, it's a 30-second penalty. Why is that? Well, because you could blow through the front stretch chicane and win the race and never have to go through the chicane. You could completely go through the AstroTurf straight to the flag stand and win the race. So it's a 30-second penalty if you go through either one of these and you are not supposed to. So 
We've talked about turtles the entire race. Let me introduce you to a turtle. These, as Rodney Childers told me, are just blue curbs, but some of the teams are calling them turtles. They are six inches off the ground. They are all over this racetrack. This one is made of 3 16 inch steel. It's over 80 pounds. I'll drop it on the ground there. So it's very heavy. And what teams were doing is these weren't enough. They were having jack stands break. They were breaking frame rails on the race car. They were breaking truck arms on the race car. Still wasn't enough. So teams were cutting that chicane. So what SMI did is they made thicker ones for the end of that chicane. The last three ones now are a half inch thick and weigh 200 pounds each. So these already did enough damage, but they'll do triple the damage they will now because those are much thicker on the end of the backstretch chicane. I'm going to predict it's going to take one team to try it one time, and then they're going to go to a backup car and say that was a bad idea. <laughs> that is why all these teams are reinforcing their cars. They're raising everything up underneath the car, inside the race car more, and they're reinforcing everything they can to make sure that they survive this race. That's going to be the number one term on Saturday and Sunday. So, Marty, that's amazing what you point out there, and great job not dropping that turtle, by the way, <laughs> yeah. as they called it. But uh, I yeah. think that would have hurt a little bit. The thing is, I think in the test, they had tire barriers there. And so is this sort of the answer to stop guys yep. from cutting? too far over into the chicane? Parker, there are these plus the thicker ones that are at the end of the backstretch chicane and there's a tire barrier there as well. They'll still try to cut it as best they can and come as close as they can to that tire barrier without hitting it. And I was talking to Rodney Childers about that. He said even that tire barrier is going to do damage to your race car so you want to miss it as well. Now, is there a kind of a breaking zone into this chicane too? Is there are, are there some countdowns on the on the fence and stuff? We've seen there signs are. and stuff on the track. Right there, Landon. That's number one. Bam. You better be on the brakes by the time you, you see better, that number yeah, one. I okay. think we're <laughs> probably more like two, three, and four down <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, there is a breaking zone here, and they want you know there, there's clear clear markers going into the backstretch chicane. But I don't know, 150 miles an hour hitting that thing that doesn't sound like a, a lot of fun to me. And you're going to do it a lot of times on Sunday. It sounds crazy. And, and another question just. For the you know on the inside there so basically what they're considering a cut is if you go to the right there that's where you're not able to stop you have to go into pit lane and do a stop and go correct if well it's a pass-through penalty not a stop and stop go penalty but yes nascar is telling me if you miss the chicane sort of like you would miss the bus stop at watkins Glen. Yep. you know you can give your spot back at watkins Glen. you cannot do that here at the roval it is a pass-through and really it's less for the back stretch it's more for the front stretch because you could really cut off a lot of time by going through that chicane on the front stretch it applies for both of them all right marty snyder thank you so much such a thorough explanation of what we can expect over the weekend we appreciate you taking us to the track can't wait for it, guys. <laughs> Great job. I wonder how many penalties you expect this weekend. I mean, how aggressive do you expect I, teams to be? That's a place that I even heard Kevin Harvick yeah. mention that he was think, think was going to be very treacherous, very tough. And I think it's just one of those places we found on the sim that invites you to want to roll speed, find a way to break yep. later. But if you go too far, you're going to find yourself I mean, going I, to I, it. Not to, not to just be overdramatic about it, but I think you'll see less penalties from NASCAR and more damaged car penalties yeah. uh, where somebody actually ran over the turtles or, or the car got sideways and, and hit the wall. The one thing I would find interesting is, you know, this is the first time in NASCAR, I believe, we're going to find ourselves in a situation what we define course cutting.
right? Because this is something Formula One deals with, IndyCar has dealt with, and yeah. basically how Track far limits. over those turtles can you go and get away with it yeah. and not get penalized? We've that would seen be a gray area at yeah. other road courses as well. Um, good luck sleeping tonight yeah, <laughs> for the rest of the week. Terrified me for <laughs> sure. <laughs> You'll be um, dreaming of turtles. Yeah. That, that's right. Good luck sleeping tonight, Landon. Great job. Uh, good luck this weekend. That's all for NASCAR America. For all your NASCAR news, make sure you log on to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR. Back tomorrow, Wednesdays with Dale Jr. at 5 Eastern. Plenty more discussion as we get set for a huge weekend in the Cup Series playoffs and beyond. Thanks for watching. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.